I was high 24 seven and I threw all that away because the Lord was healing me slowly and showing me that I don't have to rely on alcohol. I don't have to rely on men. I don't have to rely on smoking that I need to rely on him and build that faith and trust with him. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Race and Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, then this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anybody else who might be encouraged by it too. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Okay, good afternoon, everybody. So today I have Melissa Palmer on the show. And her testimony just fits perfect with this season that we're in on the Raised and Redeemed podcast. Uh, She was radically saved from being a Playboy party girl and gave up her old life of drinking, smoking, clubbing, sleeping around all in the span of two weeks. So what that says to me is that God just performed something very miraculous that she had um, a spectacular encounter with the Lord to, you know, turn from her old life the way that she did like this. So I also know about you, Melissa, that you are just on fire for God. I see it all <laughs> over TikTok. This is definitely why you have close to a hundred thousand followers now. People people need what you're putting out there. So just thank you so much for being on the show today. No, thank you. This is an honor. I love your show. I saw that you had, I don't know if she's a pastor or a preacher, Brittany on here. Powerful testimony. I love it. I love how you're bringing to share what the Lord has been doing. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was a great testimony. And actually what inspired me to have more of these kind of testimonies of ex-sex work, uh, ex-party girl to Jesus, because mm-hmm. I realized like people, people want to hear about this. And A lot of women, they carry so much shame, like they'll get out of this sort of industry and just, you know, want to move on with their lives. And I get that. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't want to talk about it. So the ones who are bold to come out and, and talk about it, it brings so much healing for others. So yeah, so thank you for being here. I'm so excited to hear uh, all about your testimony. Um, And just to get started, would you mind telling us just a little bit about you? I know you're a wife, a mom, a raccoon mom. (laughs) Yes, raccoon babies. Yeah, so um, I live in Florida, live in Central Florida. I'm a mom of three, I have uh, two daughters and a son. Been married for almost seven years. And I have three raccoons. I have chickens, I have huskies, my golden doodle. Um, But yeah, my three raccoons I'm obsessed with. I love that. Oh my gosh. So I grew up next to an animal uh like sanctuary where animals who were in oh, yeah. They got recovered. So I grew up like, you know, hanging out with raccoons and stuff like this. And so it's so not weird to me. I get it. They're very sweet creatures. They're amazing. They're very, very sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to just kind of jump right to your testimony. If, yeah. yeah, if you don't mind, 
uh, to just tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how you got started with Playboy. Yeah, so I grew up in a very religious household. One side was Catholic, the other side was Baptist. A lot of abuse. I was a child victim of sexual abuse. I was a child victim of physical abuse, a lot of trauma early on. So automatically, I blame God. Um, When we got out of that situation, I started going to a non-denominational church. And I just saw a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of things in the church that didn't make sense to me, that it still felt like it was like my former home life. And so as a young teenager, that rebellion kicked in and I left the church and I kind of became like super spiritual where, you know, maybe Hinduism is real. Maybe Buddhism is real. You know, looking at other things, maybe I didn't know Jesus. I knew that there was a God and, but that was the extent of it because I didn't have a prayer life. So I never saw that in the church. That's when I started underage drinking and smoking and partying and dating older guys and just a lot of healing that needed to be done that it wasn't getting done. Even though I went through like anger management and secular counseling, I even went through hypnotose therapy and nothing seemed to really heal me from my childhood abuse. Um, I ended up getting pregnant at 19. So I had my daughter at 20. I was pregnant at 19, had my daughter at 20, went through a divorce with her dad by, well, we got married at 20 when I was 21, left him two weeks after the wedding. Um, but we didn't get divorced until about two years later. And it was just in a short amount of time, I just had all these issues and drinking and smoking was just my outlet. And so fast forward, I meet my husband, Tyler. We have two kids now, but at the time, this would have been 2018, 2018, he was sending me videos of this preacher evangelist guy. And I never watched him. I never opened it. He kept sharing with me, like, you really need to watch this. This guy's like on fire. Like this guy's testimony is crazy. Like you need to see what he's doing. And I'm like, yeah, no, not for me. Just I had so many walls up against God and anything. God, I hated Christians, hated the church. I was like, yeah, no. Fast forward to COVID timeframe. I was one of those people that got saved in COVID. In March 2021, I'm in my living room smoking marijuana, go to turn on YouTube. And there's that guy my husband talked about so many years prior. And I was like, all right, let me just see what this guy's about. Cause he did not look like a Christian. And it was an hour and 45 minute long testimony video of his. And within 10 minutes, my high was gone and I'm still trying to smoke. Cause my high disappeared somehow. I was on the knees, on my knees crying, which never happened because I wasn't just not a crier. I had so many walls up and something in me just stirred where I was like, this is so real, just mm-hmm. so real. And oh, I didn't talk about Playboy. Sorry. So I did Playboy. <laughs> I did play. I got so excited to talk about God. I did Playboy in 2019. Okay. And I was one of the party girls for Playboy. So that I would fly out to either um, LA. There was one in Miami. There'd be shows in New York, just wherever they needed me to go. And I'd fly out and be just their, their model party girl. So I'd be wearing club attire. And it was just a very, I mean, you've seen it in clubs. It's just a toxic lifestyle. It really wears you down. And my coping with it was, again, smoking and drinking because I didn't want to go do these things, but I felt like I kind of had to. And I wasn't like I had no self-worth and that was my self-worth and my identity. But 
I got saved. And when I had that encounter in 2021 with the Lord, I mean, within two weeks, I threw it. He told me to stop smoking, stop drinking. I threw away all my martini glasses, all my mm-hmm. liquor, threw away my bong. I have a medical marijuana card that I keep. It's expired, but I keep it just to show people like I literally was a pothead. I would wake up and smoke, go to sleep smoking like I was high 24 seven. And I threw all that away because the Lord was healing me slowly and showing me that I don't have to rely on alcohol. I don't have to rely on men. I don't have to rely on smoking that I need to rely on him and build that faith and trust with him. Um, Brittany shared in her, I saw in your TikTok part of her testimony that, you know, God was teaching her to, you know, that he was faithful and to trust her. You know, she was talking about that she would pray and say, I need this amount of money and she'd go and she'd make that amount of money, even though it's not a godly living, what she was previously doing, but the Lord was still showing up and working and changing her heart posture towards him. And that's kind of how I felt with my healing process as well. Uh, I totally get that. And like you said, when you were watching that testimony, how you sobered up right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like the, the presence of the Lord will do that. And I kind of had mm-hmm. a similar thing where the, the drugs and alcohol were no longer, I was no longer feeling good when I would, yeah. when I would do them. And I just mm-hmm. felt like he kept showing me like he was better. Um, and then it kind of took that desire away from me uh, to even want to get high and drink because it was no longer like scratching that itch that it once did. Did you kind of have that journey afterwards um, with letting go of those things altogether? Or what was that like for you? So shockingly, I mean, I let it go like that. God said no more. It was funny. I was, because a lot of Christians I know still smoke and drink. Yeah. And I was, I was still smoking because this is just got baptized. It's been not even a full two weeks. And I made a, a Snapchat and I'm smoking a blunt. And I was like, oh, I'll keep smoking until God tells me not to. And he sure did so quick. I didn't even know anything about hearing to the Holy Spirit or anything yet. I mean, I'm baby Christian. And less than 24 hours, God's like, I go and turn on that evangelist guy that I saw a testimony. And he had a video where he was evangelizing to some guy at the gym and they brought up marijuana, had nothing about marijuana in the description. And I was like, all right, God. And I told my husband, my husband thought I was crazy. Everybody thought I was crazy. They still think I'm crazy, (laughs) you know, because I was so, I had, that was my life. Marijuana was my life. That's how I coped with stress, with everything. And I threw it all away because the Lord told me to. And I, I knew it was from the Lord because it made no sense how, you know, supernaturally that could happen. You turn a video on and it says nothing about marijuana, but yet the Lord's speaking to me through it. And it was, it was powerful. Gosh. Yeah. He will like find us anyway. Yeah. He, 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 will- he definitely Definitely we will. And same thing with drinking. Um, because my husband would still drink every now and again. And I started tailoring back, but I still had friends. I would still go to bars and I'm in that same two week period and I'd be like, Oh, I'll have a martini or so. And it was just this wasn't it's like not what I wanted, you know? Like I felt like this isn't what Jesus would do. Even though like we hear the story, Jesus sat with sinners. Yeah, he sat with sinners, but he didn't sin and the sinners ended up changing. And I was like, there has to be more than what I was seeing on the surface that I wanted to dive deeper into what the word said and what Jesus really had in store for me. And I knew partying and alcohol just was not it. Quick 
announcement here. If you're enjoying this episode, please help us expand our reach by liking, subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing it with a friend. And now back to the episode. Wow, that's that's so good. I love what you said too, that Jesus sat with sinners, but he did not sin. Um, when I first came to the Lord, I continued like, those were still all my friends. Like that, this mm-hmm. is still what I was used to doing. And so I remember I would still go out with my friends, um, you know, to the clubs or whatever else we were doing. And for a season, like I gave up everything. Like I stopped smoking, stopped drinking because for me, I became aware of like the spiritual warfare component mm-hmm. the fact that like the demons, the devil wanted me to use those things yeah. and open portals. So I had the fear of the Lord where I was like, okay, I'm not doing any of this, but I was going to the clubs and I was telling people about Jesus in the bathroom and like doing all these things, like hanging out with sinners. But that eventually began to wear on me. And next thing I knew I did start drinking again. Um, and I think I even did smoke again here and there. And so, gosh, like, did you ever, like, you never fell back into it or you were just delivered right away? Um, um I did have two drinks a few months ago for a birthday. And I, it was my best friend's 30th. She just turned 30. And I've been best friends for, gosh, almost 20 years. I think it's been about 20 years. And you know, they, my husband and I and her husband, we all went out to dinner and I had a martini and I just remember feeling so sick, not sick from the alcohol, but just feeling like, what am I doing? Like I'm a temple of the Holy spirit. Like I don't need this, but I was trying to make her feel comfortable because she's not a Christian. And I've been really trying to speak to her. Now it gets late, like in the evening, they're wanting to go out and party. And I was like, look, I just, I can't. I'm like, this is not, I said, I evangelize on these streets. Yeah. Like this is downtown Orlando. Like, sorry, I'm like about to cry. Like I can't be seen drinking. I'm like, it, it hurts me. So yeah, I did fall back and had, I had, I think I had two martinis and I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is awful. And I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I can't speak the gospel to people if I'm sitting here drunk, you know, I can't speak yeah. the gospel and I wasn't drunk it was more, and it was in a long hour window where it wasn't like back to back taking shots or anything, but I still felt so disgusted. And my husband was like, okay, you're being a little bit overboard, like legalistic. And I'm like, I'm not being legalistic or religious. I'm definitely not that type of person. I was like, but the Lord, how, how can I heal to the Holy spirit? If I'm putting something else in my body, that's going to alter my mind. And I'm like, I just, I just can't. I appreciate you being so honest and real with that because it's been, that's been such a like fine line in my journey as well of, Mm -hmm. I got extremely like legalistic at first and then I found myself in environments and fell back into it. And like you said, like you wanted to make her feel comfortable. So, you know, you're drinking a little bit. I do that. Like, I think it was, I finally stopped drinking last year. Um, but before mm-hmm. that, I went home and when I was around my family, I wanted them to feel comfortable around me because I'm the only Christian and I don't want them mm-hmm. to think that like I have my nose turned up to them or anything. But like you said, it's like if I'm intoxicated, how can I adhere to the Holy Spirit? Like it's he's not going to be coming through me because there's like this this thing that's warping my mind and my senses. Um, I know for some people, because I would always get the excuse, well, it's just a little bit. It's just one drink. 
And it's like, yeah, well, it's just one sin that opens up one door. And I know how the spiritual warfare works. I I can see demons. You know, I've seen the demonic realm. I don't want any doors open to yeah. alter my state of mind. Like God did such a huge work in me. To me, it's like a slap in the face. Be like, oh, well, it's just one drink, God. Like, it's just one. It's one party. It's one one blunt. It's one sexual dress, you know, but I don't I don't want to be that way. You know, God. It took two years of healing for yeah. me, you know, two years of guilt, shame. I mean, everything of for me to get to the where I'm at now, mm-hmm. for me to just be like, oh, I'm just going to, it's just one party, God. And it's like, no, it's not. Yeah, there's too much to lose now. Yeah. it's yeah. Too, I'm too invested, you know, I'm too <laughs> hungry for the word that yeah. I don't want to go back. Yeah, I, I love that. Um I, I had to realize the same thing. Like now it's like you have this ministry, you have this following, you evangelize on these streets. Like people look yeah. to, you, you know, to hear about the Lord. And you just like, when you carry that responsibility, it's like, you just, you take it so seriously. And I think that's a good thing. Well, you were walking back to the hotel. It's like 1130 and we were going to change and she wanted to go back out. And I was like, I can't do this. Cause walking through those streets, I'm seeing all the hurting people, the broken people. And they're all just, drinking and this is like a normal lifestyle so downtown Orlando this is club area and I'm like I just wanted to hug them I'm like I don't want to be drinking with them I wanted them to know there's a better way so I'm looking at my best friend and I'm like I can't do this girl like I can't like I know it's your birthday like you're gonna be on your own though yeah. and but she you know she understands like my relationship with God is first yeah you know and if it makes someone uncomfortable it is what it is sorry but he he has to be number one. He has to be first. Amen. And that's a living testament to her as well. Like she gets to see that work um, come into completion in you. So I know she's yeah. a- that uh, it might just take time. So after you watched that YouTube video and you fell on your knees and like you felt the Lord, what sort of what sort of happened after that for you? Like, what was, what were the next stages in your relationship with him? Like, because like you said, like, you know, you had this church hurt, you hated Christians. uh, You thought it was all hypocritical. Like, did you go back to church after that? Or what, what were your next steps? I didn't go to, uh, I went to home churches Mm -hmm. and I went through. So first the Lord, so that first two weeks I kept watching more and more videos like preaching videos and really asking the lord i never read my bible, never read my bible before so i started reading the bible myself mm-hmm. and seeing like the bible says not to live this way the bible says not to dress this way the bible says not to act this way but i was noticing like i said hypocrisy in the church and what it came down to is hurt people hurt people and people need an encounterment with jesus because when you encounter jesus your whole life changes and I really felt like, and I still feel this way, that a lot of people in the church just haven't had that encounterment yet. Maybe they're just going because it's just the moral thing to do. Maybe they're brought up that way. So I really wanted to get into what does it mean to encounter the Lord? So I really started studying scripture. And I started going to home churches, little house churches. We had some friends who were evangelists. And I never saw this before growing up. I The only type of evangelizing I'd see are the people screaming, you know, you're going to hell. And those are the people that I'd be like, okay, you're all are crazy, but the, they weren't like that. They were completely different. And so I started, I'm 
you probably saw on my Instagram, I started doing like the sign holding on the streets mm-hmm. and it would just be simple things like Jesus loves you. And we would have a whole group of us, there'd be like 20 of us out there and we would have signs saying pull over for prayer and people would, and I would see people on the streets being healed and filled with the Holy spirit. And I'm like, this is wild because I didn't see this growing up in a Baptist background or a Catholic background. So I was like, what is this? What so really just drove me deeper to be like, Lord, like I know nothing and I need you to teach me your ways and I want to be brought up righteously. So I, it really just, it drove me deeper, but I did end up going back to church, the church that I ended up growing up in because my grandmother's there and it's, sadly still the same um but I I did a missions trip with them and I was able to speak into people not only in the church but in the in the community that we went to went to something different that they haven't seen before because again a lot of people I talked to it's hypocrisy in the church hypocrisy in the church and I was able to bring in something different than just hypocrisy wow so like you were able to teach them a little bit about like a true relationship versus yes all versus religion yeah wow I love that I love the sign holding too I wish that you lived closer to me because that's my kind of crazy like I would be down for that I go out by myself now because I moved an hour away from everybody that I was doing with so I go out by myself I brought my nine-year-old to do it around Christmas time and it was it was crazy it was amazing So how does your how did your husband respond to this? Because it seems like you met him. What was it like a couple years before you became a Christian? Yeah. So our marriage, girl, our marriage was failing. I wanted it. I wanted a divorce for years. Um, we got pregnant with my son. My son's almost three now, and I like I was like I'm ready. Peace out the door. Like did not want to be with him. And he would read his Bible. He was he was a lukewarm Christian, what I would call them. You know, he'd read his Bible, but we weren't he, we weren't going to church. But honestly, I don't think he would be able to go to church with me because I would not have allowed allowed it. So it was just a lot of toxicness in our marriage. But it was really due to me, me not being healed. Um, but now our marriage is amazing. I mean, God redeemed not only me but our marriage, our family, our children. So it's been incredible. I met him at a time in my life where I met him when I was still legally married, but separated. So I was going through a divorce. And then him and I got married so quickly. And then we had our daughter quickly. And it was just a lot at once. And he was military. So he was never really home in the first like two years of our marriage. So when he did come home, it was like culture shock for us having to deal like, oh, these are all my all my baggage, all my issues. And it was, it, he took on a lot to, to deal with me. I'm a handful. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions on that. Like going back to, you said, you know, he was kind of lukewarm before and going back to like the people in the church who, you know, come and maybe are just there for the religion or, you know, they haven't really mm-hmm. encountered Jesus yet. That's such a huge thing. And I think it's why, yeah, why most people are lukewarm because they haven't, had yeah. like supernatural encounters. So were you able to like lead him to something like this? Or I mean, what kind of change happened in his heart to now be because now he's like what you said the executive Yeah, the yeah. executive director of a whole like healing sanctuary with prayer and yeah. like so how did that happen? Um so he actually had and I don't 
are we allowed to talk about demons on here? Are you fine with that? So yes. you get an encounterment with a demon. So I got delivered. I already knew I had Jezebel when I got delivered. And we would obviously we slept together before we were married because we were both sinners. <laughs> and he he called me one night. I wasn't over his house and sleep over. And he was like, I just had a demon on top of me and this crazy story. And I automatically knew the demon came from me. So I was like, I literally was like, he's going to break up with me. I know that demon came from me and he didn't. He went, he went to, he went to three churches. Nobody would help him. Everybody turned him away. Pretty much told him he was crazy, but it gave him some church hurt, but it wasn't until he, like he tells people, my testimony was like a, a Saul to Paul. And it wasn't until I was like really going after the Lord. Did it really change? how he went after the Lord. He saw so like, and he'll tell you, I wish he was here. He had, he saw so much change in me, like just my heart posture because I hated people before. Like it didn't matter if you're male, female, like I just did not like you came from the hood. Like, just don't look at me. And he saw that I just was like more helpful towards people, more patient. Like my road rage went away. You know, my anger slowly went away. I was reading my Bible every day. I wasn't listening to secular music. I wasn't watching horror movies. Like I just, everything changed so drastically for me and stayed. Like I kept going after it. And I feel like a lot of people with the church also is that hunger wears down. Their hunger for the Lord or their fear of the Lord wears down to where things they started to do at first, they kind of turned away. They have to go back to the first love to really go back into that same I don't want to say system because I feel like system sounds very legalistic, but it's just the way of life because Jesus is bread. Jesus is life and you have to be fed every day. So I think it was definitely me changing so drastically really brought him to the Lord. Like, wow, this is different. Oh my gosh. I'm so inspired by that. So like with my husband, I'm consistently praying because I want to see him on fire for the Lord. And like, all I know I can do is continue to like pray for him and live it out. But my 180 came before I knew him. So he got mm-hmm. the, he got the Christian version of me. So he didn't. Yeah. The, before. See the wild one. <laughs> yeah. Like he knows about that side. Um, and he know like he intellectually, like conceptually knows about the 180. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to continue praying about that. But I know that there's other sisters who listen to the show as well who pray for their husbands. So I love to ask those questions because, you know, when you're a woman who's on fire for the Lord, it's like you want your husband to stand beside mm-hmm. you in that and be like as fiery about all of it. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing you can do is like keep living it out, like keep letting yes. this you seek Jesus, you on your knees praying to Jesus, you mm-hmm. reading your Bible every day, like those things will seep through. So that's, yeah, yes, that's awesome. absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that it was a demon that made him realize too, because that was a huge part of my testimony was I saw a demon and that's how I knew I needed Jesus. So sometimes it's like the opposite, like an encounter with the dark side that that will bring yes. as well. Well, he... I used to do it at like haunted houses and paranormal chasings and stuff like that. So he knew I believed in all that stuff. But I was told actually when I was 15 by a cover girl model, she was back a cover girl model back in the 60s. And she was a medium. And she told me, she goes, you have a demon on you. And I was like, yeah, okay, you're crazy. And just ignored it. So when he said this, this is so many years later. So I was like 23 at the time. 
and he said it I just remember sitting up and looking at my mom and I'm like that's my demon like oh my gosh I went to him but we had premarital sex and that's why a lot of people don't want to talk about soul ties but soul ties is really important because you become one in sexual intercourse and I was just like that's that's my demon but it still didn't get me to the point where I felt like I needed God yet and I think it had to do something with he was like I went to this church and this church and this church and they all said I was crazy and that's something I experienced growing up because I believe in the supernatural and the giftings that everybody was like oh just go talk to a psychic or medium because you're gifted go talk to them and it was like okay but then I read the bible and in first corinthians we talk about the spiritual gifts and this is that's god's gifts for us that's the supernatural not the psychic that's a that's a counterfeit this episode is brought to you by raised and redeemed merch we all love a good crew neck high top sock and oversized t-shirt am i right Head over to the show notes from wherever you're listening to order yours and support the show today. You've probably heard people say YOLO or you do you kind of movement, that whole woman empowerment. This is before OnlyFans came about. And it seemed really popular still that everybody like run around half naked. It's okay. It's acceptable. And so that's when I jumped into Playboy because I was still I was searching for something and I wasn't finding it in my husband. I wasn't finding it in my children. I wasn't finding it in my family and the atmosphere nowhere. And I felt like, oh, well, if I just become famous doing this, then, you know, I'll get some recognition or something that I'm searching for. Obviously, I know now it was Jesus that I was searching for and Jesus that I needed in my heart to heal me. But at the time, I just didn't know that. and. I really stick to Ephesians 1 7, where he talks about that you are redeemed through his blood and the forgiveness of, of our sins in accordance with God's grace. And that is that scripture. I, I had it on my mirror for the longest time when I got saved because when you get into that type of industry, either it be dancing or maybe you're an escort or OnlyFans or whatever it may be, you carry that shame with you. Mm-hmm. And I when I go and talk to a lot of women, because I evangel, I used to, I don't do it anymore, but I was evangelizing at a, a local strip club and they, they cope with their lifestyle through drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And that scripture, you know, no matter what you've done, we've all been, we've all fell short. It doesn't matter if you did, if you become a believer today and you end up messing up tonight, you're, you're forgiven. You repent, you are forgiven and God will take that baggage from you. He will break those chains. He will take the shame, the guilt, the condemnation that you go through, that you experience, and he will take it on for you. And I feel like a lot of people in that industry, they you have to surrender it. Mm-hmm. You have to fully surrender yourself to the Lord for him to come in and heal your heart. Because it's not that he takes the band-aids off your heart, all the hurt that you went through, all the scars. He gives you a new heart. Mm-hmm. And a new body and a new identity. Your identity is not, oh, I was a dancer. Oh, I was a nude model. It, your identity is you are a daughter in Christ. Yeah. You are a beloved. And that is, that's like my main message to everybody that's in that type of background is that you you are redeemed through Christ. Yeah, I love that. Um, I actually heard one of your TikToks where you shared a bit of your testimony and you talked about how like before your reputation, like what your reputation was before, kind of like how you said it never fulfilled you, but yeah, experienced such a fulfillment in becoming 
God's daughter and how he like how your reputation is now in him. And man, Mm -hmm. like I can so relate to that, like everything you said, like I used to cope with drugs and alcohol to be able to do the kind of sex work stuff that I did. Um, And I didn't like I was so numbed out. I didn't even realize like that's what I was doing. I didn't realize I was coping, um, which I don't know how I didn't realize that. But now that I do have uh, my identity in Christ, I do. I'm so like proud of who I am in him. I can remember before, like just only feeling shame and guilt about Mm -hmm. who I was. And like, I was never enough. I was always like hiding who I really was. And those are things I don't carry anymore now that I'm his daughter. So I 100% relate to that, that same experience. So I want to touch on the whole demon thing too, how you knew you had a demon. I asked the audience what they wanted me to ask ex-sex workers. And one of them said, um, how much of what you were doing do you believe was influenced by demons? And I feel like, I feel like like all of that is like it's all influenced by demons but I don't know if you want to like speak to that like this Jezebel demon and sort of how she was trying to live herself out through you yeah so I said earlier on that I was a child of sexual abuse sexual um trauma and so demons don't play fair anybody that goes through anything like that doesn't matter if you're a child an adult a, a demon will enter through and I 100% I can look back in my life, even when I was a young child, just early on relationships I had in high school, what I was searching for, I obviously had daddy issues, because there was no male authority in my life. And so I was looking for that in the male relationships I was with. And then when they would hurt me, I would go into female relationships. And if you study on what Jezebel does, Jezebel's a manipulator. She's a narcissist. She's a feminist. And you can see this in the Old Testament with Elijah and her husband, Ahab, it's it's her control. And I was seeing that in my life where it was my way or the highway, which is toxic mentality, Um, all feminism, because I was big on um, women empowerment, but I was big on it in the toxic mentality. So I definitely 100% believe a lot of my mannerisms were brought on by demons because now that I've been delivered, I'm like, I, I feel so different. I look at myself differently in the mirror because I hated myself even at an early age, even, you know, before I even had sex, I still hated myself. I hated the way I looked, everything, insecurities. But now I can look at myself in the mirror and be like, wow, like I was created in God's image. I'm completely, like completely free, completely different. And it's hard to explain unless you go through deliverance yourself. Because it's so freeing. What did that look like for you? Like, how did you get delivered? I know you talk about like how, like the whole drive. I think you made a TikTok about the drive-through deliverance. How they like this is not the way. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> talk to like the right way to be delivered. How it worked out in your life, deliverance. So I see a lot of t- deliverance is popular right now. So I see a lot of people on TikTok that are like, oh, just come on and we'll do a live mass deliverance. And mm-hmm. that can work. The Lord will work through that. Um, but is it effective? I'm going to be honest with you, 90% of the time, no. Um, especially because a lot of my stuff, a lot of the demons that I, I want to say stuff, a lot of demons that I had was generational. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through a long process when I first got saved in those little 
for the weeks, um, I automatically started going through deliverance. Like I already knew what deliverance was because I had a family member doing it. So I automatically knew I needed deliverance because I had trauma in my past. I could not remember my child most most of my childhood. Um, I never told my family how I was abused by a family member. So like I needed healing from that. I was able to be like, look, this happened. I need God to come in and fix me. And he he definitely did. But I and I ended up going to Bob Larson a few weeks ago and had him cast out stuff that was generational that was still in me as a Christian that was still influencing just my mindset and he was thorough (laughs) so a lot of people think it's just oh it's prophetic and I feel God's telling me that you have a spirit of rejection and it may not actually be that it may be something else it may be like Leviathan maybe it's pride but you're not going to know because they're not they're not really having a demons manifest there's like a right way and a wrong way I don't want to go down that rabbit hole but it's a huge tangent but deliverance is definitely children's bread and it is definitely needed in the church man I actually got convicted because I you know deliverance is such a hot topic right now and Mm -hmm. um, season two of the podcast it's like all I was like kind of thinking about and talking about um, because I like just realized you know the importance of it but then I feel like I got so focused on it and on the dark side that I got a little convicted of that and I don't know like I started having that question of like how much of it is like you know you need to go be delivered versus spending time with God and absolutely over time you know you grow closer to him and his spirit floods out these things that these demons Mm -hmm. in you the closer you get to him so I, I found myself being really convicted about that of like, okay, maybe I don't need to like talk and think about demons as much as I was at the time. Yeah. It's an important topic that a lot of people find too taboo to talk about it. So I think that's why many of us well, are. You're, you're spot on, you know, spending time with the Lord. And I, that's something that I was doing for that past two and a half years. I was in the word every day. I was going, I went one year, the first year I got saved, I think I went through six or seven church conferences you know that are like weeks long to get training and be equipped but I still felt something in the core that I'm like there's still something broken in there and I this is after I went through deliverance and had so many things casted out and healing going through but I was like I still feel like there's something at the core that's not being addressed and found out it definitely was generational and praise God I went to Bob Blairson because he was the only one that was able to help me because that I went through the deliverance ministers and they didn't they, they couldn't help me mm. but the with the hype with of it is so many people who are not trained that think oh just get out in jesus name yep. um or they're having somebody wailing you know their self all over the place and it's a scary traumatic thing that's actually going to cause more trauma than just having deliverance on by itself it's not done properly and a lot of people feel they don't have to be trained in it but there's a whole psychological aspect of it that people are missing that you can cause more harm than good yeah yeah there's definitely a hype of it right now I'm noticing yeah 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 like I was getting on TikTok and like seeing just like these crazy like you said like people like screaming Mm -hmm. and flailing and I don't know just it got so intense for me that I'm like it it didn't feel good I don't know how to yeah it didn't feel good and I was like I don't think this was all around the time I started to get convicted about, okay, like, 
I'm going to focus more on the light side, you know, like mm-hmm. it cast a demon out of my cup. Like, I don't know, just so, some of it can be so extreme on TikTok. I know. Oh, if you drink Starbucks, you have a mermaid demon. I was like, okay, people, yeah, <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting a little crazy. Yeah. But then I did look up the back of the logo and I'm like, okay, she does be looking a little promiscuous. In <laughs> no, definitely. You're right. You're definitely Oh my God. Yes. There's a grain of truth to it, but not to get so. Yeah. Want to dive deeper with the Raised and Redeemed podcast? We now have a Facebook group called the Raised and Redeemed Community, where you can join to discuss the episodes, share your testimonies, and find encouragement from fellow like-minded, born-again Christians. Find us on Facebook. We do have the Raised and Redeemed podcast Facebook page. And once again, we now have the Raised and Redeemed community group too. I hope to see you there. With a past like this and being in the line of work that you were in um, and kind of giving yourself away sexually and all these things, like how do you now protect your triggers? Like, what would trigger you to go back into that? For me, it's like alcohol, certain music, things like this, I know are all triggers for me. So I know I have to like protect myself from those things and not do those things. What are your triggers and how do you protect yourself from getting triggered into alivening that old self? I love how you mentioned music because that's definitely a trigger for me. You know, that old club party music and I love EDM. Yeah. I have to be I have to be Christian EDM now. And so I have to be really picky on what I'm listening to. Um, what I'm looking at on my screen, because I was attracted to women as well. As so I have to be really careful when I'm scrolling through TikTok. You know, if it's a half naked girl, I need to not interested, scroll past. Same thing with Instagram. I have to be really careful on what I'm putting in through my eye gate and what my focus is on. And I also I have a limit. I put like on your settings, you can put a limit on my social media on how long I can be on social media every day. And I like abide by it. Like this is how long I can be on TikTok. This is how long I'll be on Facebook. And I really make a point to not be so indwelled with what's going on culturally, but just knowing just like hot topics of it to where I'm not getting wrapped up in like the drama or the the bar scenes or pictures or whatever it may be so I really limit on my screen time and definitely what I'm listening to and I stay away from alcohol marijuana like I don't put myself in a setting I do still have friends who drink and smoke but they're respectful to know like they do not drink around me well they they drink they don't pressure me and they don't smoke around me that's the big thing is I'm like guys don't have it around me (laughs) Yeah, I know that's really hard for me, like to be around people when they're doing it. I don't have that like strength built up. Like I'll have the strength not to do it, but like inside it's so much temptation for me because like yeah. I wanna I wanna have fun and like be mm-hmm. lively with people. And so I've been really learning like how to get over my ego and be that way sober, like still be fun. Yes. You know, like it's yes. possible. <laughs> yes. So I bought a um, beer pong table for my 4th of July party. And so all my non-believing friends came over all excited. And I was like, nah, homies, it's water in it. <laughs> so we've been playing like water pong. But I'm like, I can still have fun and not drink and not have, you know, secular crazy music on. 
And it was, it was honestly, it was amazing. My 4th of July party, because I had half of them were non-believing the other half were believing and they're like worship leaders and deliverance ministers. So they're literally worshiping God as we're playing water pong and the non-believers are hearing it. So it was beautiful to see it. Like you can still have fun and be in an atmosphere of God and it not be trashy or unholy. Wow. I'm so inspired by that. Also, I was reading um, one Samuel this morning, just like on the topic of music. And Mm -hmm. when Saul, when the Holy Spirit departed from Saul, then it says in the Bible that um, a demon or like an evil spirit, the Lord sent an Mm -hmm. evil spirit and the spirit was, you know, plaguing Saul. So then he started looking, they, they told him, you know, if you find somebody who plays this instrument called the lyre, well, then like this will help you find relief from this evil spirit. So this is how he ends up finding David, the future king. And so David comes over and he's playing this lyre. And so I got so into like researching that. I like pulled up on YouTube this morning. What does a lyre sound like? And it's just like a harmonic. Yeah instrument and it felt so different than the kind of music that's out there in the world today and just I don't know I read this whole article about how you know music is made not just like robotically it's made with passion and emotion and and senses and thoughts and feelings put into it um and so there's just yeah there's something really to music and even a lot of today's worship music I don't know I don't know how good all of it is, especially in contrast to like hearing what that like melodic lyre, um, harp, like it's more like up here in your heart than like the music that kind of triggers your lower sensuality areas. Well, we got to remember too, Satan was worship, Satan's music, and he definitely influences our music. And I like how you said that, the lower the lower half of your body it does it's like it is a trigger yeah like that lower base like that you yeah. just feel lower in yourself yeah I don't know I haven't made the full connection to it yet but I'm like maybe I need to start listening to like harp music I actually have played that before in my house like healing harp music and it's a peaceful atmosphere wow because I know I still have like triggers like I still yeah still easily triggered and that's something I'm wondering like okay maybe I do still need more deliverance or maybe this is just like the act of picking up my cross every day like you said like we need that daily that daily bread daily seeking Jesus yeah so it's nice to know that like other women and other believers still kind of go through this and like have to you know do things to protect their triggers and to stay on fire that's another question I have is like, how do you stay so on fire for the Lord? I mean, it's Jesus. He's amazing. Um, I like, I, I, like I said, back to the encounterment, I feel like if you encounter the Lord, that hunger is there and you have to have more. You can't just be fed one day. Um, when I go out grocery store, shopping, anything, and I see people who are hurting people who don't know the Lord, it breaks my heart. And I'm like, if you only knew, if you only knew, and they can know because that's an opportunity for me to share the gospel. And so my heart goes out to the people and I can pour myself into them. Revelation 1910 for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. My testimony, your testimony, everybody's testimony is got saved by Jesus. It's not about us. It's about him and what he's done. And so sharing that with people and just seeing people actually be able to relate to it and be like, 
oh, that's why I saved my medical medical marijuana card to show people like, like legit, I was even growing marijuana with somebody out in Oregon for the government. Like I legit was so invested in it that this is where God saved me from because it wasn't my works. It wasn't me. It was solely him, but I had to surrender myself. So that hunger, that fire that comes is really just, I want to know him more. And I'm, I, I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody who knows nothing, but I will die to myself every single day just to get a glimpse of Jesus in my life. And I want that for everybody. That's where that fire comes from. (laughs) I actually made a video yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. Made a video on TikTok and it was like, it's like one of that Justin Bieber song or saying or something. And he was like, no, not for me or no, that's not it or something. And it was like Christian women friend groups that all they want to do is sleep around, gossip or drink. And I'm like, no, that's not for me. And I like how you mentioned the triggers because that's like a trigger. I don't want to be sitting around a table gossiping when I could talk about what the Lord's doing. You know, I don't want to go out to bars and get drunk and then bring some random guy home when I have a family at home. I need to raise up right with the Lord. So I had a lot of people come at me with that video, but I was like, if you guys only knew, if you only knew how good the Lord is that you don't have to turn to drinking and smoking and partying and sleeping around. Yeah, that's so good. And you can speak to it because you, you lived it. I live. Yeah. And Paul talks about this. Um, first Corinthians six, he tells us, you know, sexual sin is different than all the other sins because it's a, sin against your own flesh, your own body. And if you are a Christian, Holy Spirit indwells in your spirit. This is supposed to be a temple. You got to dress it like it's a temple. You got to treat it like it's a temple. Don't just bring any person home. You know, don't just put anything in your body like this is the temple of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Oh my gosh. That was the hardest thing for me to let go when I became a believer. Like, I feel like I could get rid of, you know, the divination, the new age stuff. Like I threw mm-hmm. that out the window. I was like, no demons, no thank you. But my biggest addiction was like the sexual immorality component. The um, desires, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, right after I became a Christian, I also became a wife, like right after that, mm-hmm. like not even like a full year. So it was it was a really hard first year of marriage. And my husband and I like talked about that on the first episode of this season, just how tough year one was. And I think a lot of it is because I was learning how to be a daughter of God and learning to be a wife all at the same time and not live for the desires of my flesh anymore. Man, that's all I'd ever known my whole life was my flesh wants, Mm -hmm. my flesh does, my flesh wants, my flesh does. And I was kind of a slave. Like you're kind of a slave to that if you just do it's every it's every will. And it seems so normal because that's what culture is. Oh, if you want to drink, just drink. You want to smoke, just smoke. You want to wear that, just wear that. It's it's so normalized. I really, like I said, I love how Brittany was on here and she talked about where God met her mm-hmm. when it came to finances and how she it built up that faith and that trust in God. And that's that's really for everybody, anybody that's in that type of you know sex work industry that start praying for God to show up. Mm-hmm. If it's finances for you, if it's relationships for you, start praying for God to show up and just watch because he'll show up yeah yeah he it's like he's a gentleman you know and he wants he he'll pursue but he also wants to be invited in mm-hmm. yeah okay well so I feel like that's mostly the questions that I had was there anything else that you wanted to share from your notes that you had mm-hmm. 
And we can touch on the story of the adulterer. I wrote that down. I was reading that last night. It randomly popped up. And I always see my, my one of my pastors has a stone in his office. And I was going through inner healing. Or, you know, no, if who has not sinned um, can cast the first stone. Well, mm-hmm. we've all sinned. Jesus is the only perfect one. And it really brought me back to the story of the adulterer where she's caught in the act of sin. And I'm sure we've all gotten caught in the act of sin. Maybe it's not a sexual sin, but some type of sin. And Jesus shows such love and mercy towards her. And he does that for all of us. Doesn't No one casts a stone. He doesn't cast a stone. He doesn't condemn her, but he tells her to go and leave and sin no more. And I feel like that's so important for us is that we get wrapped up in just the cultural, just lifestyle that we're supposed to go and sin no more. And it really touched me because that's how it was for me. And it's a struggle. I'm not perfect. You know, I follow the one who's perfect, Jesus, but I'm definitely far from it. But able to lean on him and wake up and be like, all right, God, what am I supposed to do today? You know, this this day is for you. Who do I need to speak to? What, you know, what do I need to wear? It really started transforming my heart posture and it ended up transforming my outward posture because my heart posture was on the Lord. I just wanted to share that because that really came to me last night. And I was like, I haven't read that in a long time. Yeah, that's so good. Even asking him what to wear, man, because like I feel like women can stress about that. Like, what am I going to wear? I have to yeah. too, because otherwise, like I'm stressed about figuring that out. That's so good. And then also like the adulterous woman, I posted about this recently too. It's like the, she going back to the encounter of Jesus, she encountered mm-hmm. him. And he gave yeah. her that redemption and said, you know, go and sin no more. And and now she had this this opportunity to to have a new life. And and it all started with that encounter. And it was experiencing his love, not his not his judgment that changed her. It was really knowing Christ's love for her that I would say is what what changed her. And so we have to. So exp- it's like the woman at the well too. Same thing, you know. So many different marriages. And he's like, the man you're with now is not even your husband. And that one really hit me because my marriage was failing and I didn't want to be married. I wanted to, I would joke around, I'm going to go get myself a boyfriend. My husband would be like, oh yeah, right. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. And now thinking about it, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that and thought that and felt that and was just going to throw my husband away because I was, it was like a a play thing. I was just over it, you know? And, but God redeemed that restored my marriage redeemed me restored me gave me my identity wow. and that's what he did for both these women the woman at the well and the woman got adultery amen oh thank you for sharing that redemption story with your husband too that's that's so amazing and now like you guys you're you're doing the healing room would you just tell us a little bit about um all the things that you know you're doing that people can find you your resources disciple culture all that good stuff yes so i'm on tiktok and it's just my name Melissa Palmer and then i have an instagram and started a youtube page and disciple culture we are going to be ordained exorcist we are still in school for that i'm in school for theology and psychology as well so I'm trying to have a full background um, and then he does the Space Coast Healing Rooms, which is located in Satellite Beach, Florida. But there's other healing rooms locations if someone needs prayer for physical healing. Wow. An ordained exorcist. You're going to yeah. That's amazing. And, and my husband's been doing the school with me. We've been doing it together. It's been incredible. 
Oh my gosh, you guys are going to be just a powerhouse. I love that. <laughs> Trying to be, yeah. It's all the Lord. It's definitely the Lord. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Melissa. I just wanted to ask you one more thing. Um, and that's if you would pray for the listeners, um, maybe people who are, you know, still numbing every day or lost in the sex work world, or just going back to that old version of yourself and what you needed spoken over your life then. Yeah, of course. Heavenly Father, I just pray. Anybody is listening. And for the people that I'm going to share this with, that I just pray that, Lord, that your love enwraps them. And that your love is everything. And that you see them. You see them in the place that they're at. You know that they are hurting. And that you are there for them to pick up all the pieces, Lord. I pray that shame is lifted off. That chains be broken, Lord, in your name. You're meeting them where they are at. And that this is just the meeting ground. That they are not going to stay here, Lord. That you have a better destination for them, Lord. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to have you leave a review and share it with a friend. All information on how to stay connected with the Raised and Redeemed podcast can be found in the show notes below. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.